The following message is from our pastor, Robert Haynes, of New Life Community in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Enjoy. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for our time together today. And God, I pray that you might open your word to us. And I pray that you change our lives as a result of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, I've got a confession to make. Yesterday, I really was expecting our team, the Dominators, to win. And uh, we actually were in control of the game, the whole game. We were, we were pretty much ahead the whole game. You know, some of the games, it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We were ahead almost the whole game until about the last three minutes. And the destiny took the lead and ended up beating us, not by much, but, but beating us by a little bit. And uh, I was really sad about that. Some of you might have checked on Facebook. I found a cartoon on Facebook that fit, and I'm leaning back like this, and the caption says, Robert is singing the blues. After, result, after uh, experiencing a cru- the Dominators experienced a crushing defeat at the hands of destiny. And to make matters worse, have you ever known anybody that if they beat you, they like to rub it in? Have you ever known anybody like that? Anybody? Uh, yeah. You know somebody like that. Well, so now I was talking to Mr. Kevin about it, and he said, oh, so John's team beat your team. And I said, yeah, that's right. And, uh, and Mr. Kevin said, oh, well, John's he's going to be getting you on that. He'll be getting you on that. And I said, yep, I have a whole year that I've got to put up with John rubbing that in every time he sees me, how they beat. But you know what? Which is more fun, to win or lose? Winning is really more fun. I guarantee, I've been on both sides of it. Yesterday, I was on the losing side of it. I'm making it today, but you know what? Uh, I didn't really like losing. Now, have any of you ever seen this movie? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should even mention this movie, but... It's not the greatest movie in the world, but I want to talk about it anyway. There's a movie called The Ballad of Ricky... Bobby, uh, Talladega Nights, the ballad of, ballad of Ricky Bobby. Anybody ever seen that? Okay, it's not the greatest movie in the world, but there is a quote from the movie that is pretty funny. Ricky Bobby, you know, is a NASCAR driver. And Ricky Bobby said, if you're not first, you're last. You've seen the movie then. If you're not first, you're last. And one thing he had right, he had a lot of things wrong, believe me. Okay, Ricky Bobby. And don't take this as a blanket endorsement of the movie because I'm not endorsing the movie. But he liked to win, right? And he was born to drive fast. That's right. And if you're not first, you're the first of the losers. I don't don't think he said... Oh, second place is first loser. I, I looked for that quote. I couldn't find that one. Apparently you know this movie too well. All right? But... Anyway, this is the introduction. We'll leave that slide up here for just a minute. But you know what? Colossians is really all about coming in first in life and how we can come in first. And I want you to look at the key verse. It's in Colossians 1.18. This is by way of introduction. Colossians 1.18. It says this, And he, who do you think that he refers to? He's the head of the body. Who is that? Jesus, that's right. So Jesus is the head of the body. The body is the church. 
who is from the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. We'll talk more about that phrase, not today, but when we get to this verse in the, in the, in the passage. And here's the part that I want you to mark. If you underline in your Bible, I'd encourage you to underline this part right here. That in all things, he may have the preeminence. All right? Repeat after me. That in all things, he may have the preeminence. Does anybody have a different translation from the New King James? And see what this word preeminence is. Uh, Yes, John. Then in all things he might have the supremacy. Okay? Good trans- that's a good uh, alternate translation. Edna, do you have a different one? Yeah. That he be first in everything. And see, that's the idea. The word preeminent really just means first place. So in all things, Jesus is supposed to have what place? First place, right? Not second place, not third place, not fourth place, not just some addition in your life. Jesus... Demands to have what kind of place? First place. And that's what, that's why in this, uh, this is a, similar to our mailer that we sent out. That's why this series is called what? First place. Going for the golden life. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Here's the general idea of this series. That if you want to go for golden life, there's somebody that's got to be first place in your life. And who is that somebody? Because if Jesus is first place in your life, then you can have the golden life because he's a winner and you can be a winner. There's a reason why the Bible says that we are overcomers. We're not the overcome, we're the overcomers. He always leads us in triumph. And this book is about how that Jesus has first place and as we give him first place in our lives, we get the golden life. Now, unfortunately, like in our basketball game yesterday, only one of the teams could win, Right? And in the other leagues, there were, there were some teams. There was only one that ended up being the champion, right? But in, in reality, every one of us can be a champion if we follow Jesus. Now, everybody doesn't. There are a lot of people that aren't going to be in first place in this life or the life to come because they won't let Jesus be first place. But my point is, we're not competing against one another. We're going for the goal that Jesus has for us, and he has goal for you, and you can be in first place if you'll give Jesus first place in your life. That's the basic idea of this series, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you one little story that we're going to get into the verses we're going to look at today. Would you agree with me Jesus wants to be first place in your life? All right, you'd agree with that, okay? All right, I want to tell you a story. Let's suppose, for example, um, let's suppose that we've got, I want you to imagine we've got a young lady standing right here, okay, right here. Young lady, and uh, there's a young man, and he's getting ready to propose to this young lady, all right? Can you use your imagination caps on this? And so the young man says to the young lady, they've been, they've been courting for a while, and, and uh, he's got a little box with something in the box. What do you think might be in the box? No, not a snake, okay? Something that you'd buy at a jewelry store. Something that goes on a person's finger. A wedding ring, an engagement ring, okay? Mike is the only one getting it. A snake in a box, yeah. That'd be a great gift for a girl. All right. Did he ever give you a snake? Okay, he's, he's, he's digressed since then. So anyway, the young man says to the young lady that I've got this box here, and in this box, you know, I'd really like for us to take our relationship to the next level. 
And I just want to tell you that I love you with most of my heart. And I'd like to spend most of my life with you. As a matter of fact, I'd like to love you with all of my heart, maybe 200 days out of the year. And the other days I'd like to love with all my heart the other ladies that I like to love as well. And uh, so can we take this to the next level? And, and here I've got this engagement ring and I'm promising you a good percentage of my heart. Do you think most la young ladies would be thrilled with a proposal like that? No. No. Mike says no. He was quick to say no. Why do you think they wouldn't be thrilled with a proposal like that, Mike? They want 100%. Not halfway, not 50%, not even 98%. 100%. You know what? Jesus is no different in that regard, is he? How much of your heart does Jesus want? 100%. All of it. Right? That's what Colossians is about. If you will give Jesus all of your heart, he will help you to go for the golden life. And you'll get it. All right. Now we're going to look at um, we're going to look at one passage today. We're going to look at verses one through eight, but we're going to focus on three words. And as we read them, I want you to note them in your Bible. Also, on verse eighteen, this is one thing that sometimes I do at the beginning of the book. I'll write, you know, like draw a little skeleton key, and I'll write down what the key verse of that book is. Well, the key verse to Colossians is one eighteen that in all things he might have preeminence. So you might want to draw a little key above where it says Colossians and write 118, that he, in all things he might have the supremacy or that he might be first place in all things or might want to write a little key beside verse 18 because that's the key to the book. Here we go, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul... Um, does anybody have any idea where Paul was when he wrote this letter? Prison, right? Yeah, he was in prison when he wrote it. Ephesians, he was in prison also. And in verse 3, though, he says, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Even though he was in prison, he was still full of gratitude. Okay? Verse 4, says, We heard of your faith. Now, here's a key word, faith. You might want to underline faith or circle it. We're going to talk about three keys today. Three important things. Faith is one of them. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your... What do you think is the key word number two? Love. So we've got faith and we've got love. These are three concepts that run throughout the New Testament. Okay? We've got faith, we've got love for all the saints. And then in verse 5, because of the... What? There's our three key words right there. We've got faith, love, and hope. Many times in the New Testament, they're in a different order. It's faith, uh, faith, hope, and love. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul said, we've got three things, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love because it's never going to be done away, you know, never going to be done away with. In heaven, there's really no need for faith because we see Jesus, right? No need for hope because we already have the realization of that for which we hoped. Because of your hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth in the gospel, which has come to you as it has in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you the day, 
since the day you heard it and knew the grace of God in truth. Now, there's actually three concepts in this verse as well, okay? One of them is truth. You see that? Since, you, since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, see that? Truth is one, and grace is another one, and then the other one is gospel. Where is gospel? I thought it was in that verse. Maybe it's in a later verse. Oh, verse 5, gospel. Gospel, truth, and grace. And I'm going to throw this out. I'll explain it more later. Faith is related to truth, okay? Love is related to grace. Because if God's been gracious to you, then that enables you to be what? Gracious to other people. If Jesus has forgiven you, then you have the ability to what? Forgive others. If Jesus looked out on the multitudes and had compassion on them, then you can have compassion on people, right? Faith is related to truth. Grace is related to... to, uh, Love is related to grace. And then uh, the gospel is related to hope. The gospel is hope. You know, we, 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 we believe the gospel because of the hope that God will change our life, that he'll forgive our sins, right? And so the gospel is what gives us hope. What gives us hope for other people? The fact that God who changed you can change them as well. And then in verse 7 it says, As you also learn from Epaphras, our, fer- our dear fellow servant, who is also a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and who has also declared to us your love in the Spirit. We have love again. So what are the three words we're going to talk about today? Faith. What else? Love. What else? Hope. Those three concepts right now. And today's message, the title of it, is Jesus being first place in our outlook. That means the way we look at things. First place in our outlook. If he's first place in our outlook, then it's going to change things. Now, I want, to, I want to share with you a little bit of a story. Now, this is another movie, and it's a movie that's related to sunglasses, okay? Do I look cool in these sunglasses? Exceptionally cool? All right, there's a movie I watched a long time ago, and again, I'm not going to recommend this movie, but some of you that are old like me, you know I turned 55 the other day. Um, I watched this movie one time because it had been recommended to me, and there was a wrestler, a professional wrestler that was in the movie, and his name was Rowdy Roddy Piper. Anybody ever heard of Rowdy Roddy Piper? All right. Well, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Rowdy Roddy Piper was in this movie. I think it was the first movie that he was an uh, actor in. I'm not sure. The name of the movie is They Live. What the movie is about is aliens who are taking over the world. But, if you, but you didn't know who was an alien and who was a human. Unless you put on the what? You put on the special sunglasses. So without the sunglasses, everybody looks like they're a what? Human. You put on the special glasses, and oh, there's an alien there, alien over here, alien here. There's subliminal messages that are, get, that are designed to deceive the masses as well all over the place. Where without the glasses, it says one thing. You put the glasses on, and you see what the real message is. So that's what the movie is about, okay? And Rowdy Roddy, Rowdy Roddy, no. Roddy Rowdy Piper. Whatever, they live. Now keep this in mind, I'm not recommending the movie, okay? I'm confessing I've seen it, all right? I'm not recommending it. But he found these box of glasses. 
and he put them on. And then he realizes who the aliens are. Because when you put on the glasses, you see the world not the way it appears to be, but the way it really is. You got it? Here's my point. I want to give you some sunglasses today. All right? I want to give you some sunglasses today. And when you put these sunglasses on, it's going to revolutionize your perspective no matter what your predicament is. Okay? You might find yourself in a bad predicament, but you're going to, because of truth and because you've got the glasses on and because you now see things differently than you did without the glasses, you're going to be able to have a positive attitude no matter what your circumstance. That is that, that sound like something you could use? Would anybody like those kinds of sunglasses? That's what we're talking about today. All right, this is the first one. And uh, we'll get to that one in just a minute. But just still by way of introduction, I'm saying this. These three things will revolutionize your perspective, the way you look at things. These are three things that will keep you shining in the darkest night. These three things are going to keep you singing. Help me out here. It's a famous movie, another one. These three things are going to keep you what? Singing in the rain, okay? Come on now. These three things are going to keep you swinging when it seems like the enemy has the upper hand. These three things will keep you standing when it looks like Goliath is against you and he's hurling insults at you and he's ready to devour you. Have you ever noticed that anybody can have a positive outlook as long as everything's going well? Everything's going great? And I'm all what? I'm all cheery. I'm all positive. I'm all like those people on the Today Show. Always laughing. I don't know how they do this. They have some terrible story, and then they're back together chatting and laughing around, stuff like this. They got some cheerful people on that show. Anybody can have a positive outlook when everything's going, going well, but what about when it's not? The secret is these glasses. Faith, love, and hope. This is another Zig Ziglar. You know, I told you I've been reading about uh, Zig Ziglar quotes recently. I like this one. He says, your attitude determines your altitude. There's a lot to do. You know, in basketball, a lot of it has to do with your mental... Some of it has to do with your skill. But when you get it in your head, you miss a shot, you miss another shot, it's like, oh man, I'm not shooting good today. Then it becomes even harder to what? Harder to make a shot. You make a shot, you make another shot, you make another shot, and you feel like the basket's this big, and you just feel like you can't miss, right? A lot of it has to do with what's in your head, all right? Here we go. Three things that are going to change your perspective on how you look at life and are going to help you to get gold in life in your attitude and your perspective. The one is, the first one is this, and it's faith. The way I look at the truth that God has set before me, how am I going to look at it? I'm going to look at it in what? faith. I love this picture here and here's a person and what are they doing? Standing on the word of God. What should be our perspective when God says something? We should what? We should stand on it. We should believe it. Faith is something whereby we have confidence that what God said is true no matter what it seems like. Right? Let me ask you a question. 
God came to an old man one time and he said, you're going to be the father of nations. This was an old man who had never had a child. And he was really old when God told him this. And his wife was past the age of childbearing. And I'm not going to go into it all, but I think Abraham might have had a few little problems of his own. Okay? And God said, you are going to be the father of nations. He's never even had a son. Now, did it look like Abraham was a prime candidate to be the father of nations? No. No. And, let's say, Abraham, what does he do? He believes God. And it's counted unto him for righteousness. Even though what God told him seemed very unlikely to come to pass. You know, most of the promises of God, when you first hear them, they sound like... Yeah, right. Yeah? Yeah, seriously? I like that. Seriously? Sounds like a teenager. Seriously? Year goes by. Abraham has what? No child. Another year goes by. Abraham has what? Another year goes by. Abraham has what? Most people that study the Bible feel like from the time that Abraham got that original promise to the time that Isaac was born was about 25 years. And he was old to begin with. He was already collecting his Social Security. He was already enrolled in Obamacare. But you know what, Abraham? The Bible says he did not grow weak, but grew strong in faith, believing that he who had promised was able to do what he said he would do. See, those are the two choices you've got to make. From the time you take your stand on the promises of God, until you, you have the ultimate fulfillment of those promises, you've got two choices. I can grow stronger in faith, or I can give up. Abraham chose to grow stronger. I'm standing on it. God said it, I believe it. Nothing else matters. Well, what about, you know, what, what about that, Abraham? It's been seven years now, no child yet. God said it, I believe it. What difference does it make what other people say? What difference does it make what the circumstances are? We stand on what God says. And when God says it, what if God says it but the scientific community says something else? You know where I'm standing? I'm standing on God, the Word of God. Oh, but these scientists are so smart. Well, the Bible says that the world by wisdom didn't find God. You know? I'm standing on what God says. I was uh, talking to, in our uh, cell group the other night, the 3D, the Mighty Men cell group. I asked them, I said, do y'all study science in school? And guess what they told me? Yeah. I said, uh, I said is your science book that you use in school, is it, uh, you know, is it fairly new? And they said, oh, yeah, it's fairly new. I said, well, uh, why don't you use a, do you use a book in your school that's a science book that's 25 years old? Guess what they said? No. How about one fifty years old? No. How about one hundred years old? No. Why not? Well, because they've discovered that some of the things in the books twenty-five years ago, fifty years ago, and a hundred years ago, they discovered some of those things are what? Not true. 
There were errors in there. And you know what? Some of the things in the book they've got today, we're going to find out weren't true either. But you know, when have we ever found out that something in the Bible's not true? Never, because it's true. And truth doesn't change. So anyway, the first thing is faith. And this will change your perspective in life. You're going through something in life, what am I going to do? I'm going to look at it through, the, through these lenses right here. You know what? What God says is true. Uh, I don't feel God loves me. I don't feel like God loves me. You see how this works? I don't feel God's love. The Bible says he demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right? I'm standing on that. Well, he seemed so far away. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Are you with me? I'm going to look at life through these lenses right here because that way I see things the way they really are, not the way they just appear to be. Number two. So this, these glasses will change the way I look at the truth that's set before me. I'm just going to believe it. Second thing is, it, the way I look at people. These glasses are going to help me look at people in the right way. And what is my perspective about people going to be? Well, here it talks about your love for all the saints, right? You know, there's some saints that have already become saints and some saints that are pre-saints, right? <laughs> They're people that God has put in our life. And what's our job? Love them. That, and that's our main job, right? You say, well, no, our main job is to preach the gospel to them. That's right. Speak the truth in love. Love them. And your sharing of the gospel with them ought to be an act of love. And if you don't care what really happens to people, then they're going to pick up on that real easy. We need to love people. I thought this was kind of a cool picture, how they're jumping and uh, making a heart. thought I'd ask for somebody to do that this morning, but I changed my mind. I decided I wouldn't. Some people, you know, honestly, there's some people that are just irritating, aren't they? <laughs> some people are irritating. Some people in your circle are aggravating to you, aren't they? Some co-worker and they, they, they just do things that rub you the wrong way. You know why God put them there in your life? You didn't, God could take them out of your circle, right? But he chose to put them in your circle. And why did he do that? Because he wants you to love them. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling the truth. Look, look, you got to put the glasses on, all right? You got to put the glasses on. You got to put the glasses on. God put these people around me because he wants, he wants his love to flow through me to them. Put the glasses on. That's all I'm saying. Put the glasses on. I'm going to be just like this. Now, did y'all notice Con Connie asked me this morning, she said, you're wearing blue jeans to church? I said, I'm wearing my country look today. And you will never guess what she said after that. She said, did you, did you run that by Carrie? That I've got to check with him if I can wear blue jeans or not. I thought my blue jeans looked pretty good. You know what I said recently? I said goodbye to my 40s and hello 38s. That's what I did. 
And I know some of you are saying, 38, man, you really, really on up there. That's right, I'm up there. But anyway, at least I said goodbye to my 40s. All right? The way I look at people around me, how should I look at people around me? That person is aggravating me. I should look at them like this. That person doesn't have anything wrong with them that a good dose of Jesus can't fix. Right? That person over there is somebody that needs to experience the love of Jesus. Right? Am I right? I mean, the, the most aggravating person you can run into... Uh, I'll tell you, somebody aggravated me. I was... Uh, Coach Amanda over here, she plans her times in Indiana carefully. And she planned uh, to be away in Indiana. I, you know I'm joking about this. But she planned to be away in Indiana when she had the double header and I filled in for her teams, which means I had to do the halftime talk for her twice on that particular... She was originally scheduled for the week before, but she, I think she looked at the schedule, prayed down snow in Indiana for the, the previous week, and then so I'm doing, and I'm doing the halftime talk, and there's some joker in the in the stands, which I'm glad for all the people. I think it's cool that we have all these people coming to our building on Saturdays for eight weeks, and some joker is in the stands while I'm doing the halftime talk, talking on his cell phone. I wanted to slap that phone out of his hand. Have you ever been to a movie theater and somebody they're just steady talking on the phone loud as they can be during the movie? Or they're steady talking at the like it's a horror movie and the person's fixing to get and they're what? Look out! He's right behind you! As if she can hear, okay? I wanted to slap that phone out of his hand. But you know what I'm thinking now? I'm thinking maybe that's somebody that needs to experience the love of Jesus. Maybe that's somebody that needs a dose of Jesus. Go ahead. Exactly. You know what I should have done? I should have said, hey, let me get your phone number. I dial him up. Hey, Jesus has something to say to you. <laughs> you know? Number three, faith, love. Here's number three. These are the glasses we're talking about. Hope. Verse five says, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. You know, I, quoted, I, I read this quote recently, but I like it. Your present circumstances are not your final destination. Right? I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. Not my final destination. Going through Right? Without hope, you can't make it in life. See, hope is really an attitude. Because I have faith in the truth of God, and because I have love for people that God has put around me, I can have hope even for those irritating people around me that the power of the gospel will somehow change their hearts. Right? That may be the way they are, but that's not the way they have to stay. Right? You know, you were an irritating person at one point. Weren't you? Was. That's right. Isn't that what Paul said in 1 Corinthians? He said, uh, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Neither 
uh, fornicators, adulterers, extortioners, the big long list, aggravators will inherit the kingdom. He didn't say aggravators, I'm throwing that in. But my point is, such were some of you. We were all in the same boat, right? All in the same boat. Hope. Hope is when we're in a situation that's maybe a very negative situation, but it's like, you know what? It may be like this now, but it doesn't have to be that way tomorrow. Sorrow endures for a night, but what does hope say? Joy coming in the morning. Sorrow might say, died on the cross today. Hope says, Sunday's coming. Right? Sunday's coming. I did a message on that one time. It's one of the best ones I've ever done. I wish I could remember all of what I said, but that was the, that was the thing. Sunday's coming. What? You're telling me somebody stole my idea? Yes, sir. <laughs> and put it on YouTube? Probably, you know. <laughs> he won't give you credit for nothing. He'll print it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ask yourself this question. This is another Zig Ziglar thing. Ask yourself this question. Is my attitude worth catching? Is my attitude worth catching? See, hope will enable you to have a positive, biblical outlook on things. Not just the power of positive thinking, but the power of believing the promises of God. Hope will help you to have that positive attitude in the midst of difficult circumstances. Faith is related to the truth. Love is related to grace. If God's been gracious to me, I can be gracious to others. Hope is related to the gospel. The gospel gives me hope. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes it. What's your next step? What are you going to do as a result of what we've talked about today from the book of Colossians? Well, I'm going to throw out this first one. If you want a verse to meditate on this week, maybe you take these two verses here, verses 4 and 5, that talk about faith, love, and hope. That's good. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. You see, hope has to do with things that we... We believe, but we haven't yet experienced, right? It's looking off into the future. And, uh, but anyway, maybe you're going to take that, and that'll be your verse of the week. Here's another challenge for you. Maybe you might say, you know what? I'm going to read the whole book of Colossians. I'm going to read it this week, maybe in one sitting. It's only four chapters. You know how long it would... Look, how many pages is it? In my Bible, it's one, two, three, four, four and a half pages. Could you read four and a half pages in one sitting? Maybe you're going to read in this series, the book of Colossians, the whole book. You're going to read it this week to get an idea of the whole thing. That could be something you could do. And you put it on your card right here. In response to the ministry of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit today, I will make Colossians 1, uh, 4 and 5 my memory verse or my verse I'm going to study. I'm going to read through the whole book of Colossians. Here's another thing you could say. As a result of the ministry of the Word of God today and the Holy Spirit, I'm going to begin changing my outlook on life. I'm going to what? I'm going to put on the glasses and I'm going to start looking at life through the lens of faith, through the lens of love, through the lens of hope instead of unbelief and doubt, instead of being aggravated at people all the time, instead of looking at it through despair, I'm going to look at it through hope. Maybe something else God's putting on your heart from this, what we've talked about today. If you would take a minute at this point 
just give us your prayer requests. There are quite a number of people that pray every week over these cards. And then if one of these boxes applies to you, please check that and tell us how you're going to apply this to your life. Let's take one minute, fill these cards out. We'll receive these in the offering in just a moment. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us to put the glasses on, to look at life through faith, the lens of faith, the lens of hope, the lens of love. And God, I pray that you would help us to, to, in our perspective, that you would put around our neck a gold medal because we put you first in our thoughts and our perspective is going to be shaped by you. And I pray that you give us the gold in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit us at www.newlifeob.org. We hope to see you again soon.